Hey Warriors, how's it going? I hope you've been having a great week. My week has been uh, pretty decent. Um, had to do a little bit more things with the church and bank stuff, and we're finally starting to get the back pay that we we needed for our year. And we're sooner going to be start getting our checks normally in, and and then we'll start being able to move forward. Um, definitely keep praying that things just kind of come together, especially that we could find a place out there in Montrose. And that whenever the Lord wants us to get out there, that, you know, that door will just swing wide open. But otherwise, things are going really well. Health has been kind of doing really well. And just seeing how God has kind of just been preparing both my wife and I, and I for this this basically next step in our life, our journey. You know, it's been a real blessing. And, and I'm so grateful for some of you who have reached out. And once again, if you guys really want to reach out, you know, connect to that Facebook page and you're, you can reach out to me through message and you know i i love hearing from you guys I, I would love to hear what you guys have been feeling about anything i've been talking about or you know if you need prayer specifically you know be be willing to reach out i will respond you know in, in a timely manner of course and when i can um but i do actually enjoy hearing from you guys um once again i would like to advertise for my friend um uh k uh knc knife company and if you guys are really looking for a custom design. He has a deal going on until I think the first week of December, and that's just around the corner. Um, it'd be a great opportunity, like especially like you've been looking for a, like a knife you want to do or some custom design you've always had in your mind. You know, he'll give you the pricing. He'll he'll provide what you know all the equipment and stuff that he needs to be able to get your design the best he can. And he's done a really good job so far. And, and I'll put that link once again in this, this podcast. And you can check out some of the stuff he's done on his Facebook, Facebook page that he has. Anyway, for this week, guys, you know, um, there's been a lot of conversations, different things going on with different people. And it's been really busy. So, like, my, my brain's been kind of scattered. But, you know, one thing that has kind of come across my mind is that, you know, when Christ died for us, we became followers of him and we gained this wisdom, this understanding that no one else who is of this world could ever understand. And it comes by because of the Holy Spirit. So when we accepted Christ, we also gained the the connection to the Holy Spirit, its capability, his capability of being able to guide us, steer us, help us understand the scriptures and be able to have wisdom and understanding of things, what God would want us to be like in this world. And a lot of times I also think about the fact that sometimes I think we kind of forget that the wisdom we gain is of God and it's not ours. And we start using that tool of wisdom in a way that's more personalized. Um, we start kind of creating ourselves to be that iconic device of truth versus the scriptures being our truth. And we need to be really careful with that. You know, a lot of times, um, one of the things growing up, one of the issues I saw with a lot, especially a lot of men, and, and you know, men who were you know were older than me, not my age, because I was a kid. A lot of men, they they came across as people who held to a higher standard than everybody else, and if people failed, um, they boasted about their failure in their face in a lot of ways. And it was kind of hard to watch. I mean, I remember this one person who his daughter ran off, got pregnant, ended up having a baby, <clears throat> came home, of course. 
and I remember him going to church and I remember this other dad going up to him and, and basically telling him, you know, you know, I'm glad I'm not you because at least my kids are, you know, obeying God and doing what they're supposed to be doing. I would hate to be in your shoes. And that's always kind of stuck in the back of my head how prideful that man was towards the man whose daughter made the mistake. But I could tell you this, the man who made, you know, daughter who made the mistake, he loved his daughter no matter what. The other guy was very prideful and made me feel that that guy was missing something in his walk. And the thing is, like, this, this type of mindset was actually more regular that I saw as a kid. A lot of times adults don't really see it in each other, especially if they're, you know, comfortable or used to each other. And I saw a lot of other things too, a lot of other parents that, especially dads who came across at church one way, but at home they acted a different way. And I got to see that. And to me, that it didn't feel like joking. It didn't feel like being funny. It, it felt more embarrassing and hurting of the, of the person, the young person that they were dealing with that came across to me as not wisdom. It didn't come across to me as people who follow Christ, but they acted like what they needed to act like in front of those spiritual people at church. When their eyes weren't upon them, they acted like how they ever they acted. One of the biggest things about growing up too is I also kind of noticed that people never want to throw out their dirty laundry out there because you know you gotta look like you are the Christian icon. Like you know, you have to be that image, that picture of perfection in Christ. But in truth, you are not perfect. We are not perfect. We make mistakes. We struggle. And if there's things that you and I are trying to hide from everybody else, that's something we should be working on to get rid of, for one. Or two, um, why are you trying to hide it? Why aren't you seeking out help and 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 instruction and wisdom from other people who are also walking in Christ to help you get off something that you should not be be on or doing something you shouldn't be doing or thinking the way you shouldn't be thinking or acting the way that you shouldn't be acting. Because it's really silly to me when I see men, especially who come across as these tough macho men, but then when a spider comes by, they, they suddenly turn into the wimpiest creature in the face of the planet. Or, you know, they, they get, they just stub their toe and suddenly they sound like a pirate when, you know, the whole time, you know, they're always about talking about watching your mouth and being careful and speaking politely. See, there's a deception. You're not being honest with yourself. You're not being honest with God. And you're definitely not being honest with people. You know, I, I did a sermon, actually one of my first sermons at the church I had come from back in Connecticut I did one on masquerading Christian, which I would love to do as a series, like not really serious, but I would like to actually do again sometime, maybe for you guys. But I talked about the fact that a lot of times Christians, when they come to church, they're always wearing this mask. They're always putting some type of covering over their face to make sure that when they walk in, even if they're having the most miserable time at home, that they appear okay. So when so-and-so comes up to him and says, oh, hey, Bob, you know, how are you doing? You know, oh, I'm fine. Oh, how's the kids? Oh, they're doing great. You know, how's, the, how's, your, how's your wife doing? Oh, she's amazing. 
But in reality, you know, every day him and his wife are arguing over money. The kids, one of the kids is struggling at school. The other one is just being disobedient. You see, the thing is, there's no honesty between Christian brothers and sisters. And so what turns out to be something that you think you're supposed to be acting like what you're supposed to be. In reality, you're not gaining the help. You're not gaining prayer. You're not gaining encouragement. You're not being honest with yourself. You're not being honest for your family. And you're being deceptive because it will affect you. Over time, you're going to struggle and you're going to, to see how your walk with God gets messed up. You're going to see how you start acting more like the world because, I mean, that's a big thing. Like worldview is a very big deal when it comes to where you stand on. And if you're struggling in your faith, it's good. Your, your worldview is going to struggle too. Because maybe, you know, you've never drank all your life, but now after getting married and having all these struggles, now suddenly you're drinking. Is drinking going to help you? No. Well, all it does is it masquerades the issues that you have. So a lot of times, you know, we forget that when Christ died for us on the cross, okay, we gain an understanding only that what, what Christ could give us, okay? So First Corinthians 1, it talks about, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the sermon of the discerning I will thwart. That where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs, Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews, a folly to Gentiles, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than man, and the weakness of God is stronger than man. See, the thing is, guys, a lot of times when we're in our struggle points, where do we seek out the wisdom we gain? We forget that in Scripture we can find everything that we're supposed to have help in our walk then the other thing we don't do is because we are so afraid to show reality to other Christian brothers and sisters at church or even just in our group we start seeking out wisdom outside we start looking for it in TV shows movies social media we ask our our friend who's not part of church how they would deal with it start seeking out counsel from men and women who study the the philosophies and the ideologies of this world to find answers. We seek out chasing after worldly things as concepts of helping our hurts and our pains and our struggles, such as drinking, drugs, even and sometimes even some guys' sex. You know, we don't, we have problems with our wives, so we seek out someone else to have sex with that make us feel better. 
see, the thing is, sin in itself is a temporary desire. That temporary desire then becomes a temporary moment. And then you get hooked on it. And you have to do it consistently to be able to gain something. Get get that feeling that you want. The feel-good feeling. Even though after you may feel guilty or hurt. Or the pain starts coming back and so you do it again to try to cover it up. It's like putting a band-aid on yourself. So we seek out wisdom of this world in hopes that something in this world will somehow be able to make me feel better. Make me feel complete. Make me feel not lost anymore. Make me feel that I am loved and cared about. That I, I can find hope in something in this world can offer. I mean, a lot of times some men, they buy things, they, you know, they get them latest guns they go out get motorcycles they get these boats they go out fishing they their hobbies become more of their their band-aids than a hobby they start using things outside of getting away from problems and they seek out wisdom from other people who don't know jesus who aren't walking with the lord who aren't serving jesus as a follower of christ and they take that information and they think, oh, this is just exactly what I need. You know, I need to go hang out with the guys more often so that way I don't have to deal with my wife at home or the kids. You know, this is the mindset that starts getting put into your head. That's why Paul talks about to be careful what you, what you feed your brain, basically, what you feed your mind. Because all it takes is a little bit enough to start changing and turning you away from what you're supposed to be. A man of God. One who serves the Lord. The one who loves his wife even when he's angry. One who loves his children even when he's frustrated. Who's willing to cry and give his hurt to God. And reach out to a godly man to help him through the process of pain and hurt and struggle. Because guess what men? We all go through it. And we don't have to go through it alone. Wisdom in itself is not the answer. Even when King Solomon prayed for wisdom, he thought, man, if I was just wise enough to be able to deal with all the issues, that would be good enough. That would be enough to be able to be, I guess you could say, happy in this world. But even in all his wisdom, even though he tried different things, he realized the one thing he did not understand fully is the wisdom of God and the power of God. He didn't understand that even though he had been given wisdom from God, he wasn't going to be this perfect guy. He was not, not going to make a mistake. In fact, if we, if we remember, remember he had, what was it, like 700 wives and 300 of them were concubines? Maybe a thousand, it might be off. But the thing is, you got to understand, someone who is wise as he is, can you imagine having that many wives? And then the mistakes he did make, you know, he even shares about some of the mistakes, the things he learned that this world had nothing to offer that's better than what God could give you. Straight up. I want you guys to think about that as we take a quick break. Welcome back, warriors, and 
and we've been talking about wisdom, power of God, and understanding what it means to have the wisdom of God in you versus having chasing after the wisdom of this world. So the rest of uh, 1 Corinthians 1, it talks about, For consider your calling, brothers, not many of you were wise according to worldly standards, see? Not many of you were powerful, not many of you were of normal, noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in, in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even though that are not to bring to nothing things. Wait, sounds so weird. Even things that are not to bring to nothing things that are so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. So the idea is, guys, you know, most of us are not going to be some amazing superstar sports person. We're not going to be some Hollywood actor. We're not going to be some big time politician. Now, all of us are going to be amazing pastors where people are, you know, thousands of people come to watch and listen to. Most of us are not going to be someone famous. Most of us are not going to be filthy rich. Most of us are not going to be uh, running around being like having everything just come together. It's, it just, it's just not going to happen. But there is also a lot of you men out there right now, especially some of you guys that have probably been listening to my podcast for a while now, who also feel you don't have the capability or the, the enough understanding or don't have the capability as a man to lead other men, which I want to point out is most likely a lie that's being told to you. Because you can gain the wisdom and understanding of Christ if you choose to seek that. See, the power is put into your hands to seek God out. You don't automatically gain the power to be able to do such things. I wasn't like how I am today growing up. In fact, I had an anger problem when I was younger. I was always looking negative in this world. Even in high school, I struggled with it. Um, I definitely, you know, I struggled with my weight. I wasn't like a huge fat kid, but I always struggled with my weight a lot. I was definitely never look muscular looking. Um, you know, I never gained the pretty girls. I never got the attention of, you know, being liked by everybody. You know, I always felt like I was a nobody. And a lot of it came because I got bullied a lot in elementary school. And that kind of sucked itself into my life. And so it became kind of my ownership of my identity so I always looked at myself as the underdog. I looked at myself as someone that would never be noticed, that never would ever um, be the superhero in the story. I always considered myself the follower. I always sought myself as, you know, the shy, laid-back kid. You know, I was very shy for a long time. And then when I got to high school, things got changed because of the, the coach that we had for football and he was also my Bible teacher and history teacher. The way he would teach and the way he was and how he presented himself made me start kind of getting out of that shell a bit. And then when my mom shoved me in speech class, that even pushed me out even more, which I hated because I hated speaking in front of people. And it was kind of funny. 
And then as I got older, it got a little bit easier time. And I would say the more it changed for me is when I decided to start helping at a youth group here where I live. I remember being a youth leader and I spent there four and a half years or so. I think it was like four years. And I did young adult ministry for about five and a half years. And the thing that, that changed me was my outlook and how I, I looked at God. There's a few books I read during that time when it was like between 18 and 22. And one was When God Writes Your Love Story. Um, the other one was Humility by, T, by C.J. Mahoney. And the other one was actually Wild at Heart. Um, I forget his name, but most of you guys probably know who he is. But Wild at Heart was also another one that also impacted those three books during that time changed my outlook about how I saw, saw women, um, understanding love better, right? And God first. Help me understand what it means to be a man. Help me understand what it means to be humble as a man. Actually, I would say I didn't read Humility until I was 27 or 26, around that age. Actually, from ages, I would say 20 until... 26 that range those those three books are impacting me and then i started studying different things and learning different things and it was also during that time where i also understood because at maranatha the year before i came back and read my god wrote your love story um the lord had, that's when the lord had told me he wanted me wanted me to be a pastor and i didn't understand that at the time i had nobody i can ask and talk to about that stuff um because I wasn't certain how I felt. I wasn't certain what God was trying to teach me through that. But you had to understand that given being God gives you the wisdom you need and the right times in your life for the choices in your life, because he wants you to understand that it's not you who's becoming this wise, smart, and amazing person, but it's God boast in him what he has done for you. Because he put me through that journey. He put me through that, that traveling journey of time to prepare my heart, my mind, to change me, to mold me into something when I thought myself as nothing. And even the world would probably even think I was a, as a nothing. But God saw me and pulled me out and showed me what Christ could do in my life if I let him have all of my life. You know, I gave Christ, gave my, my life to Jesus Christ as my savior when I was younger, when I was like eight, nine but I never truly understood until after I read when God writes your love story, I didn't truly understand what it meant to give everything, all parts of your life to him. Because it's in those moments when I surrendered everything, gave him my love life, my, my job life, my, my hopes and dreams. And I started seeking him out in everything that I was doing, changed my perspective and how I looked at him, how I looked at the Holy Spirit, how I started understanding more about the ministry concept to, to seeing how God was doing things. It doesn't mean it was hunky dory. Cause like I've told you guys, the past 10 years have been really rough when it comes to work and, and basically survivability for my wife and I, you know, we, we've struggled in all of our marriage. We've been, we've struggled away through counting on so many other people to help us through things that 
it, it frustrated me because it, the one thing I know about us as men, we don't want to have to count on everybody because we're supposed to be, be the bread makers, the, 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 the take cares, the protectors, the, the ones who have the house, have everything, you know, needed for your wife and your kids. We're supposed to be that. At least that's what we're being told on a daily basis by this world and by the culture. And even by our parents. And it's not wrong. I think men should be able to take care of their home. But it's the perspective or the ideology behind it that you need to get right. Because these last 10 years wasn't because I didn't want to be a man who took, took care of his home, had his own place, did all that stuff. I did everything in my power and capability to get a job. A full-time job that would allow us to be on our own. And guess what? Not one of those doors opened. And even the last three, three years I had as a full-time job at the church I was at, I still had a hard time being able to provide. And it wasn't because I couldn't. Well, one, I lived in a very expensive state. Two, I was not getting paid very well. And then three, you know, when you're in ministry, you get attacked a lot. And it's and it's a it's an ongoing spiritual battle of all the time. And like I told you guys, the last six months to seven months was with dealing with a wolf and people just turning on me. So the thing is, I'm letting go of the hurt all the time. Like God's just showing me things and I'm trying to let go and let him have it. And because I, I know the future that I have right now is that God's having some amazing things going to come out of all this, that this church plant is definitely going to be all him. There is no doubt in my mind that he is doing something and I just got to trust him, take every step. I may not understand why I may not understand all that. That's something I've learned in these last 10 years is that there is so many things that God will say to me that I do not understand why he's telling me that's going to be this way. And I don't even see how it's going to happen. So I know last week we talked about how God's word is like a lamp unto her feet, right? So it's only, we only see a little bit. Well, I can tell you this, I, I, I fully understand that picture because he tells me things and he may share things and he may open up some things that I could see something, but I don't see the big picture. So I don't know, understand how he's going to do all this stuff. I don't know how he's going to build this church. I don't know how he's going to put the pieces together for the future, but he's giving me different parts at the right time, different setups, you know, from my vision to, to building around idea, to seeking out his wisdom, to seeking out wisdom from other pastors and other pastor friends and, and just gaining all this because he is trying to mold me. He's taking, taking someone who in his mind, my mind, I was a nothing and he's showing me his righteousness, his sanctification, his redemption, his wisdom, his understanding through it. Because he wants me to understand it is not by my power, it's not by my wisdom, it's not by what the world has to offer, it's not about other people, what they think. I mean, you have so many people who keep telling you, oh, oh well, you don't have a church behind you, so maybe, you know, it's probably not going to work. Oh, you don't have, you know, a group that's supporting you. You don't have even a team yet. 
And I, and I sit there and like, there was all these qualifications of what they thought that needs to be for a church plant. But God says, my time, my way, I'm going to do it. Not their way, my way. And I said, okay. See, that's the cool thing. We need to understand that we, we, we accepted Christ. That we have gained a power in God. He is the capability. The Holy Spirit is going to lead you. The Holy Spirit is going to teach you. The Holy Spirit is going to build you into the man that you ought to be in God's eyes. But it's not to give you power. It's not to give you the wisdom of understanding that you don't need his understanding. It's to understand he is in power. He is the one who is going to build you up into the man of God that you're supposed to be. And you can seek out all the wisdom in this world. You can know every book. You could study everything. You can have the knowledge of all history. And it would not even be a pin drop of understanding God's almighty power and capability for you a nobody that he believes is everything that he was willing to give his son to die for because you are worth everything. We are weak. We are not strong. But that's where the Holy Spirit comes in and gives us the capability to be something that we can never be on our own. Jesus died for you. Jesus came and taught and trained. He built up a group of men to be apostles and disciplers of disciples. Because he doesn't want people to go to hell. That is the main gist of our gospel message. He wants people to discover his goodness, his greatness, his wonder, his aweness. Which is why it's so important to understand the beauty and awe of who God is. I want you guys to take this 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 whole week to really think about what I said. I mean, if you have to listen to me a couple times just to kind of wrap around some things I was talking about, there is wisdom in what I'm saying. I don't know what God's saying to you specifically, but I want you to understand that even if you think you are not worthy enough to lead, teach, direct, talk about who God is to other people, that is a lie. Wisdom is from the Lord, and he is God Almighty. He is the most powerful ever. There's nothing that can compare to his power. Don't be foolish to think that you can gain, you can gain all the wisdom in this world and be at a level that's beyond other people if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you don't have the Lord by your side because you're seeking out your own self your own your own god of yourself seek him out ask him this week to show you more of him chase after the awness of who god is that is my challenge for you guys this week chase after the awness of who god is in your life 
Let's pray. Night Father, thank you for this time. I ask that you bless this. I ask that whatever wisdom you're trying to share with people, that it would be very clear, even if they have to hear me a few times, I, I don't care. I mean, I just know that you spoke and that you had a reason for this message and that there is a purpose that someone that's listening, whether it's a girl or a guy, that needs to hear this and understand the honest of who you are, to understand the beauty of your power, the understanding of your wisdom. It's not of this world. It's not anything that anybody can give you. It's not what other Christians as, as wisdom is the answer to everything. It's you alone. And if you use people to give us wisdom, then make sure it's of you and not of man trying to teach us something. Clear our hearts and mind today, Lord. Allow us to be able to hear you and seek out the awness of who you are. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all, and I hope you have a great week, and I will see you next time. And God bless.